we we said what we were going to do in three or four months here scaled everything built everything up and then uh, after that um we again we stayed at their penthouse we became a pretty big pretty big dj duo group we had masks on and everything um within one calendar year we performed at music festivals went on tour uh had a las vegas residency and we were going to get signed by chain smokers agent right so that was all within one year which most people try to do in their whole lifetime yeah right so we a lot of it was happening really fast here i really couldn't uh, even comprehend what was going on just because i was uh, I was 21. I performed my first music festival at 21 years old. Yeah. And there was hundreds of people there. I was like, holy fuck, is this actually happening? Cool. Uh, so we're recording. So another episode of Adversity Kings. And I apologize because 99.99% of my profit comes from my insurance company, not from this podcast. So I answer some of the business stuff. It's not a lack of, you know, emotion or care in regards to the guest. But uh, this will be in my lap. So... Help me, it's, is it Ilya? Ilya. Ilya, cool. Yeah. And then what's the last name? Ahmad. Ahmad. And yes. you're 25? 25, 25. Yes. So I listened to the audio recording you sent in regard to pretty much just your bio right now. Yeah. Uh, sounds like just like a serial entrepreneur. You bounced around, yeah. lived all over the country, yeah. done different startups from e-commerce. And what are some of the other things you've done? Uh, music, software, and tech. Okay, music, software, tech. Cool. Yeah. And uh, right now you're in Chicago. Correct. How long have you been in Chicago? I was raised in the north side of Chicago. Okay. Uh, like... Near Jack, actually, a group of Mecca. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, and then, what did what was growing up for you like? Let's just kind of take it to. How deep are we trying to go? The deepest. Okay. Um, both my parents are immigrants. Okay. Uh, I'm a mixed race, so my dad's side is Arabic and Asian. Okay. My mom's side is uh, African and Asian. Okay. Wow. So pretty big, interesting mix. Yeah. Um, my father was an orphan. My okay. grandfather on uh, my dad's side was murdered, actually. Wow. And then his grandfather was a sheikh from the Middle East, which is Arabic royalty. Um, so a lot of trauma already on my dad's side. Yeah. And my mom's side, um, she had a pretty nice life growing up. She okay. grew up with drivers, maids, top 1%. And um, those two worlds collide, collided, and they, they got me. They moved to America Late 1995, I believe, 1994, okay. and um, they started off with a middle, like minimum wage job. Um, my mom right now currently helps kids with like disabilities and uh, learning disabilities and stuff like that. So, really amazing woman. Um, my father, again, with how hard his life was, um, he didn't, he wasn't really the best dad, to mm-hmm. be frank. Uh, grew up very abusive. Physically, mentally, spiritually, in all aspects here. Your dad? My dad. Okay. And then he put that on to me and my brother here. Yeah. Are you guys uh, still close? My father and I don't speak. Okay. Yeah, all right. at all. Um, we don't really have a relationship. My mother and I speak still. Um, I only have a younger brother who's in the Army right now. He was in the Marine Corps. One good thing about my father was as much as he abused us a lot, he taught us a shit ton of discipline. Mm-hmm. Right? So instead of... Going out, be an idiot, like a bunch of kids that I grew up with that grew up with a lot of money. Uh, my brother and I did martial arts for seven, eight years straight, starting when we were like 12. Yeah. Uh, became black belts in Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Uh, really excelled in the sports aspect of everything. Um, so, again, discipline was just something that we were taught from a very young age, right? Uh, after that, 
I uh, went to New Trier High School. Uh, was a pretty shitty student, honestly. I hated school. I'm not a student. I can't yeah. sit down and listen to teachers. I just was not built for school, honestly. Um, and then I went to NIU, Northern Illinois, yeah. for one year. I dropped out. Uh, I built my first company when I was 19. I was actually forced into entrepreneurship. There's one instance in my life. I don't want to go like too deep because my family's going to see probably this on yeah. social media and everything. But there was one instant where I was put in a situation where I had to adapt and grow immediately. So I was forced into becoming a bigger and better man, let's say. Mm -hmm. Right. So my first company um, I built was a tech company. It was called Lead Friend. It was an Instagram automation company. So it automated human activity on Instagram. So like it grew your followers, likes, comments. And this was seven years ago now, right? This is uh, quite a while ago. So it was a pinnacle time to get on your Instagram, right? To grow your mm -hmm. Instagram and stuff like that, right? So uh, it was me and my two other business partners at the time. We also ran the largest entrepreneur society group on Facebook with over 20,000 members, mm -hmm. right? So we uh, made that huge group on Facebook. We funneled a lot of our customers to that. Uh, I was working 18 months for 10, uh, sorry, 10 months straight for 18 hour days. Uh, we scaled to seven figures when I was 19. Um, I, again, I dropped out that year just because I was making more money than everyone I knew combined. Um, I really didn't understand the whole point of school anymore. I, I was just really good at business, honestly. It was just my natural instinct to go hard or go home, right? Yeah. So after that, I uh, scaled it up f even further. About a year and a half later, two years later, we got a cease and assist from Mark Zuckerberg. Um, so obviously uh, that affected our business here. Uh, pretty much it said we made too much money on their platform while they weren't even profiting a dime off of it. So he changed the algorithm and API for the program, it kind of affected our business, our revenue went down. Then we shifted into music. Right, so there's a music company called Prime Social Group based out of Columbus, Ohio. Pretty big music festival company. Uh, we reached out to the owner here, still really good friends, um, and we're like, hey, honestly, you guys' marketing sucks, right? We were cocky 20-year-old kids with a lot of money. Yeah. DMing everyone saying, hey, we did a lot of stuff at a young age, like, let us help you. Yeah. Right, so we leverage our skill set in social media, marketing, and stuff like that here for them. In return, we're like, hey, we can help you guys do this, and in return, we want to become DJs. Okay, they uh, put on massive music festivals all over the country here, and uh, they they book for like Martin Garrix, Chainsmokers, you know, everybody they could think of, right? Uh, Sway Lee, everyone. And um, we got an agreement with them. They owned a penthouse downtown Columbus. We had an agreement where within six months we'd help them scale their marketing, and in return, again, we put on uh, music festivals and become DJs, right? So. We, we said what we were going to do in three or four months here, scaled everything, built everything up. And then uh, after that, um, we, again, we stayed at their penthouse. We became a pretty big, pretty big DJ duo group. We had masks on and everything. Um, within one calendar year, we performed at music festivals, went on tour, uh, had a Las Vegas residency, and we were going to get signed by Chainsmokers agent. Right? So that was all within one year, which most people try to do in their whole lifetime. Yeah. Right. So we, a lot of it was happening really fast here. I really couldn't uh, even comprehend what was going on just because I was uh, 
I was 21. I performed my first music festival at 21 years old. Yeah. And there was hundreds of people there. I was like, holy fuck, is this actually happening? Yeah. So it was a crazy time. Um, after that, like we were still involved in the music industry after that year. I created a, a music marketing company as well to help musicians just grow their brand, social media, like playlisting and stuff like that. Like, because if I could do it myself, I can help other, other people do it as well, right? Yeah. Super easy concept. Like marketing to me is just, if you have a good product, you, you know your audience here, you can do an amazing job, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's it, right? Um, so I did that for another year. Um, and then I was, during that year, I was asked to become a chief operating officer for another digital marketing company. Um, that digital marketing company worked with like Skechers, IHOP, uh, Maserati, Chevy, the Super Bowl, a bunch of big companies. They asked me to become a CEO, and I was like, yeah, for sure, why not? I was, I was trying to get out of the music industry just because it's really toxic, bro. Yeah. Like, dude, it's the drinking, the drugs, the alcohol, the partying. It's great for like when you're young, but I was like, dude, like I'm not young forever, and I'm not really enjoying this all the time. Yeah. Right? The parties are great, right? It's Women are great. All this stuff is great, right? But like it comes with so much responsibility and yeah. bullshit, honestly. Like the politics of the music game is, I don't even want to get into it. It's, it's horrible. Like it is horrible. Like I, I used to be in meetings with like some of the biggest musicians that you probably know and I was hearing like their marketing plans, like how they actually finesse people and how they grow their audiences. It was wild. It was wild. So I just wanted to get out of it just because I didn't like the people honestly involved. It's just not my thing. Um, so again, I did my digital marketing company with them for about a year, year and a half, and then COVID hit, mm. right? During the peak of COVID, no one needs marketing, right? So we yeah. lost a lot of our clients here. And uh, during that time, I was like, fuck, like this is the first time in my life that I have never done something. Like, I, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm built to build, succeed, and scale, right? So during that time here, one of my business partners at the time as well um, said, hey, uh, Ilio, are, would you be interested in being a chief operating officer of another tech company, a software company that we're going to build as well? I'm like, I'm not doing shit right now. Absolutely. Right. So we, uh, I was the youngest partner at the company here. It was a software tech company where it was like the platform TikTok, but just for food. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, it was really interesting. Um, it was, I moved to Philadelphia at the time, Pennsylvania. Um, we scaled that company very quickly, had investors from Dubai, New York, um, a lot of famous chefs came in, it's a bunch of uh, cool, cool things. And uh, as things progressed and went on here, there was a lot of strife and issues with the main partners and I, and yeah. we just, we didn't get along. Again, I was 23 at the time and partners were like 40, 50 years old. Jesus. Right. So like a, being a young guy, I had different aspirations and ambitions. And like I, for me, I thought I was going to build this company to a billion dollar company, get a buyout, and that's it, right? Um, <laughs> hey, what's up, bro? This is the guy that runs my social media. Oh, fire! Okay, hell yeah. We're doing a podcast. All right, my bad, brother. He does a lot of marketing. Maybe he can help you. Hey, hey, give him my information. Let's get it. Let me get in contact with him. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Let's yeah, this go, is baby. Peter. Hi, right, what's up, Peter? Nice to meet you. What was your name? Ilya. Ilya. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Peter Riker. Nice to meet you, bro. I see you're getting flamed in that group chat. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm about to... Come on, man. You gotta handle, so I have to handle business. Yeah, you might have to handle that. All right, peace. So, back where we were at. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was that? Uh, so, I, I pretty much left that company, yeah. that startup company here. I just... Uh, 
there was just a lot of issues here. So then I got introduced to e-commerce. Mm. Uh, I didn't like working with people anymore just because a lot of people cause a lot of issues and problems. Right. Yeah. I'm a very simple man. I want a simple life. And so I wanted to go into something where it doesn't require a lot of headache, yeah. honestly. E-commerce, like that was the answer to my problem. Mm -hmm. If you can't control people, we can control the psychology of consumers. Yeah. Right? That's That was the biggest and most uh, exciting thing for me because I'm very interested in understanding human psychology, what makes them buy, what makes them sell, what makes them happy, what makes them sad. Yeah. Right? So marketing was just, again, something I understood at a young age. So with e-commerce, I got started selling on uh, Walmart. Uh, uh, com very easy we scaled businesses like 20 to 80k a month uh, uh, not, nothing really hard again just understanding the algorithms finding what's in stock finding where the, the product is from and stuff like that and then I got transitioned to Amazon FBA which is what I'm currently doing full-time now so our full-time company right now is we help create people um, Amazon FBA stores for uh, passive income streams Right, so yeah. we manage and scale their stores, and then it's kind of like digital real estate, right? Where we manage your store, and then in uh, 12 to 18 months, you can actually flip it for two to 10x return yeah. on the store. What's FBA, Amazon FBA? It's called for? Fulfilled by Amazon. Oh, okay. So it's like uh, we do wholesale. Mm. So, say for example, you have like a Fiji water bottle, yeah, right? We can sell that on Amazon, right? Yeah. We just get a contract with them here, and then they uh, you're just like middlemaning, middlemaning. That's it, that's it. Why doesn't Amazon just take the whole cut themselves? Well, because I, I don't know if you know this, but Amazon actually, a lot of their revenue comes from third-party sellers. Uh -huh. So they, they give a platform for you to make money, and then they also make money as well. And then FBA is something that they really push out just because there's so much promise and there's just so much money to be made, honestly. Yeah. Right? So that's that's what I'm doing currently. That's dope. Yeah. So with, with what you're currently doing, what do you see yourself doing in the next five to ten years? So I'll be frank. So in the next uh, two to three years, I have a plan to get to nine figures uh, and then exit and be done with working for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm also on the side actually creating a trading software uh, for crypto and uh, Forex. Yeah. I have a, a multimillionaire trader helping me. I have a, a good friend of mine that trades for a billion dollar fund as well. That's also helping that me out as well. And then very, uh, a very good software developer. Um, my whole idea and point is to semi-retire by the age of 29 and then have at least nine figures net worth, have a family, and then get back to work and doing more stuff and kind of helping and giving back to the world, opening yeah. orphanages uh, for, for animals and children, and then just helping politically as much as I can um, with, with any nation, honestly. So, so what, are you, what, are you, what are your hobbies? What are you passionate about outside of you know, work and the boring stuff? Uh, I box and I do Muay Thai. Yeah. I've been fighting for most of my life, so that's a very big hobby of mine. I'm a big uh, music guy, Yeah, uh, obviously, and uh, I used to play violin, guitar, I used to sing as well. Um, pretty, uh, hanging out with family, hanging out with friends, very, yeah. very important to me, smoking cigars with my boys, yeah. driving cars, fast cars. What's your, what's your favorite car? Favorite car? Hmm. I don't know if I found my favorite car yet. I can tell you like my top like three cars I like. What do you drive right now? I, I just sold my Tesla because okay. I, I travel most of the year now. Yeah. So I don't really uh, need a car right now. So um, I am looking to get probably an Aston Martin DB11 this year. Yeah. I am moving also to Dubai this year as well. Okay. Yeah. Dope. So that's why I'm, I sold the car. So 
I'm looking to have a home base in Dubai, Chicago, because my family's here. I don't particularly want to be here, but my family's yeah. here. And then also Europe. I have a lot of family in Europe. I have European family as well. So like I, I'm only going to be spending uh, three months in America moving forward. Okay. Yeah. And then who are you closest with right now? In what aspect? Just in life. In life? Uh, I guess I'll, my business partners. I talk to them every day. Uh, my really good friends. I All my friends I really uh, are really close to. I call yeah. them like brothers or cousins. There's not like one person that's your go-to person, your person? Uh, No. Honestly, yeah. no. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, because of my life and everything like that, I yeah. came through the trenches alone. So it's really hard for me to trust yeah. someone. I've been, I've been stepping back a lot in yeah. business, friendship, uh, relationships, and all that stuff. So, keep to myself when I need to. Yeah. 